Welcome to the Human Being Unleashed podcast, where we redefine, realign, and reimagine what it means to be human so that you can live a life with the health, wealth, and relationships that are inherently yours. Another week, another amazing, amazing, amazing conversation with an amazing human being that you guys already know you're going to grow to love just as much as I have. I have been watching this individual for a little bit over a year, maybe about a year and a half since I've like first heard of him. And throughout that time, I didn't really like follow him much. But just with the way the order of events have been happening, um, you know, especially with the coaching programs I'm in, which we will explain a little bit in here. Uh, he came a bit more, or should I say, I came a bit more into his world. And after looking into his personal story, I saw a big opportunity in terms of value that can be given to my audience. I have the pleasure, the, the pleasure. <laughs> I had the pleasure of sitting down with Andrew Crozy. He, he is a successful entrepreneur who actually already sold his agency in a multi-million dollar coaching business, which is interesting because not many people build coaching businesses in ways that sell. So that in itself, that is just awesome alone, other than the fact that he has some awesome, uh, you know, just awards like the Two Comma Club Award that he's won already three times. He's been on stages with people like Damon John, uh, Kevin Harrington, Jesse Isler, and really this guy, let me just say he's an all-around amazing individual. He's also doing amazing um, philanthropy work today, but aside from all of that, what I want, I didn't bring him on here because the amount of money he's made or the people he's talked on stages with. I brought him on here because of his story and his perspective on business because of what happened with him or in him throughout his personal entrepreneur journey. So let me just stop taking up all your time and let's dive into this amazing conversation with Andrew Crozy. Um, I have known of Andrew for maybe about two years. I first heard of you, by the way, through Eli Wild. I joined one of his, like, one of his sales courses, and he kept talking about this Andrew Crozy guy, and I was all like, who is he? Who is this guy? And I remember looking into him, and then looking into you, and then later down the line, um, you know, I hear about Michael Chu and you really making some moves together. And then here I found myself with all of your clients, all of your ex-clients, really getting to know them. And um, I recently I recently started going through your Facebook just out of pure curiosity as, as to why you did what you did and the way you've done things. So um, with that being said, let's go ahead and let's just dive in. By the way, guys, if you're watching live right now, go to the hashtag live in the comments below. I see there's about six of you who jumped on already, which is awesome. Let us know where you are watching from. Now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to just start here. So I was doing a little bit of research on you and um, really getting a little bit more background behind you as a person, right? So I know a little bit about, so you're from Ohio, is that right? Yep, born and raised. Born and raised in Ohio. Great. Now, by the way, my business partner is in Ohio. I love her and I love Ohio, but I always make fun of Ohio. I don't know why. And I don't know why, but there's so much like funny memes about Ohio. 
It is the funniest thing in the world. Okay. But anyways, you started in entrepreneurship around 2017, right? That's mm-hmm. when it's, it looks like that's when you got into online advertising. Mm-hmm. Now I read somewhere that before you got into business, you were really in a depressed space. In fact, you also mentioned that I believe I heard, I saw you mention that depression was always a part of your life. Um, for a long time, you were always, you know, going through that. So I'm curious, what was life like before you got into entrepreneurship? And what were the events that led you to thinking about, oh, let me dive into this thing called entrepreneurship? Dude, this is epic. I can see why it's a 2% podcast. And thank you for having me, Adrian. Absolutely, man. Um, you definitely did your homework. Uh, so 2017 was a real turning point in my life um, because from ages 18 to 24, uh, I was super depressed. I was taking Wellbutrin, Lexapro, a bunch of different um, uh, uh, antidepressants. I was in now therapy. Um, and it really started when I was 18 years old, where I went through a breakup and went through massive heartbreak and didn't know how to deal with it or process my emotions. Uh, so I turned to drinking, joining a fraternity, got addicted to Adderall, all of that stuff. Um, and that went on for six years until I was 24. And then, um, I just, I knew I needed to make a change those entire six years. And the catalyst for me to actually making that change was actually reading a poem called Invictus by William Ernest Henley. And the final two lines in that poem is, I'm master of my fate, I'm captain of my soul. And for some reason, I was was behind my computer in Chicago. I was doing sales uh, at the time, hated it. Okay, Um, so you were in, so you were, you were in sales. Was it like commission only? Uh, no, it was a base base salary and, uh, I had to do 50 cold calls per day, uh, to like these big companies. I was selling, um, uh, customizations on top of CRMs. Uh, I've done cold calling. It's brutal. So (laughs) I I got you. It was horrible, but, uh, I was working that day and then I just read that poem and the two lines just stood out to me. I'm master my fate and captain my soul. And I, it just triggered something in me where I was like, okay, I've been wanting to lose weight. I've been wanting to quit drinking. Let me set this goal and really be uh, master my fate and kept my soul. And there's nothing stopping me from accomplishing this. So um, I ran across the street to this pizza shop that I knew had free calendars, grabbed a free calendar, came back to my apartment and marked off 90 days. And I said I was going to be 20 pounds lighter and I was going to be completely sober uh, for 90 days at that point. Um, and this was April of 2017 and I started okay. the day in July. So, um, uh, so I just started working on that instead of putting my focus and attention on drinking and going out with people and, and that sort of stuff. Um, I focused on nutrition and hitting the gym and, uh, just, just focusing on myself. And, uh, I hadn't cried for six years. And day 45, I broke down, cried in the shower. And it was just, I was starting to feel again. Um, Day 75. So nothing, I'm sorry. So I just want to catch that. So nothing in particular made you cry that day. In other words, you felt like you were just feeling more of the things that you haven't felt. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And it was such a cathartic experience where I was like, whoa, I'm feeling again. Because I had been numb for so long. 
Um, <clears throat> then day 75, I was at the YMCA, looked down at the scale and I was 21 pounds lighter than I was 75 days previously. Um, and fucking shredded too. Nah, there you go. <laughs> and then, uh, you did your own 75 hard. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's kind of crazy that it happened right on. I was about to say when you said seventy-five, I immediately thought of that. Yeah, I don't think that was out then, but still, seventy-five days—it's pretty good for fitness. Um, then fifteen days later, I was uh, ninety days sober. Um, so it was just momentum started to build up, and uh, uh, um, Ed Milet always says. Um, when you make promises and keep promises to yourself, that's what builds confidence and momentum. And that's all I did. I was my word. I made a promise. I kept a promise. And that just built so much confidence and momentum. Um, and that's, that's my main thing. Now um, I break down beliefs in different categories. So what my top operational belief is be your word. Uh, and the more I'm my word, word, the more I build up confidence and momentum. Um, Okay, we're gonna get down to how you break down beliefs here in a little bit because I, I, I'm again as a hypnotist, beliefs are like when I hear them, I'm like, oh, what was that? What's all that about? Okay, so it sounds like your entrepreneur journey started as a personal growth journey first and foremost. Oh yeah, and you, you personally growing, kind of just got you thinking into entrepreneurship. So where did the entrepreneurship kind of start falling into place in terms of let me get into online advertising or start my own thing? Where did that come from? Yeah. So during that time period of the 90 days of setting back those goals, um, I came across uh, Ty Lopez's course. Okay. Uh, social media marketing agency. The Lambos and all that. Yep. Yeah. And even though it wasn't a great course and courses back then weren't that great, um, it was the ignition to me becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, it was that simple thing where it was like, you need 10 clients at $1,000 a month uh, to make 10K per month. And I was making like, 4k per month at the time. And I'm like, yes, please. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so I jumped in that course, like got that community around me, which built up massive confidence and momentum in the business space. Um, and then it wasn't until I bought, uh, Dan Henry's course, uh, Facebook ads for entrepreneurs, which again, not the best course, but the community was incredible. Um, ah, okay. So you start and, seeing a lot of that. Yeah, really tapped into the community. Some of the people that I met there are still my best friends today. Um, and uh, I finally moved from Chicago to my parents' basement uh, in Cleveland and uh, started getting clients there. So I would walk into gyms. I would walk into restaurants. Um, I would walk into chiropractic offices. Oh, wow. You were... You were just walking, you were code, code walking, code knocking. There we go. And that's how I got my uh, first few clients was doing that. And then I uh, love that. So it wasn't the whole DM, DM pitching on none of that. It was just, I'm gonna go walk up to some brick and mortars today and get me some clients. I was like, I'm going to go the most intimate, walk straight in. Um, I offered starting out, I offered free trials. And then when I got uh, free trials under my belt and results, then uh, I started selling right off the bat. So, okay. So how long did it take for you to like, start to realize like, okay, I can really just do this full time and do my own thing. Uh, It was like four months where I was working remote. Uh, for my sales job, but I okay. didn't put that much time or effort into it. I just focused entirely on my uh, agency, yeah, yeah. just me. And um, yeah, I sold like it took about three months to get my first client. Um, but once I got that, 
build up a lot of confidence and momentum uh, from the free trial results. And it just worked out. Oh, so so within about four months, you realize, all right, I'm making more than I'm probably going to be making over here at your sales job. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit. I know you went on a five year wealth building journey, right? Like a wealth building season in your life. And it sounds like it started in 2017 when you started this business, right? Yep. Now, you know, uh, I think it's very, because building wealth puts you in an experience of life that's just different than not having wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious as to what were some of the biggest lessons you've learned, um, whether it be personal, spiritual, um, business that you've, um, that made the biggest difference for you as you built wealth? Not what lessons did you learn to build wealth, but like in the experience of building wealth, like how did your perspective change in any ways and any lessons you may have gained from that experience? So I think most people with money will say this, but money doesn't make you happy. Uh, it, it gives you freedom. It gives you safety, which are elements of happiness, but it doesn't provide full happiness. Um, so it's important to learn how to build wealth, learn how to uh, the different departments of business and how to grow business and that sort of stuff if you want to be truly financially free. But that's not what's going to make you happy. Like I got super depressed last year after selling my business um, and lost vision of my future. Um, so it's and had all the money I could ever want. So it's obviously not money that actually provides happiness. Um, Mm. but also, uh, what I would add to that is when you're starting out, don't follow your passion. Um, I see too many people falling into the trap of thinking, thinking what they know, what their passion is and trying to follow that before they know how to actually make money before they actually know what financial systems are, what wealth building systems are in, uh, like business systems. And when we know those systems and actually develop those skill sets, then we and build wealth, we can have the safety and security to actually like let go and actually feel into our passion and what it actually is, rather than thinking we know what it is when we're in that space of like, I don't have money, I don't feel safe, I don't feel secure, you can't really tap into your passion when you're constantly worried about money. That's very true. That's very true because you're, I mean, it's a, it's like the hierarchy of needs, right? And um, impact. I, I, have you read, do you know Michael McCallowitz? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I forgot what book it was. Um, Fix This Next. And he mm-hmm. talks about how um, impact and legacy are some of the focuses that people start with when they start their business and they never actually get past the sales part. <laughs> like the part of actually making sure there's income there. Okay. Now I don't, I feel like we, I feel like I skipped the part you selling your business and you realizing really quick. I mean, you realizing that money wasn't what made you happy. So I'm curious as to what led you to selling your business first and foremost. Um, I know that you've shared in your experience that you felt really burnt out, right? Like, can you just share with me the story of like how that manifested for you? Like, when did you start realizing like, yo, this is probably not what I want to be doing or, or, I'm just not fitting the way I want to. What, what did that look like? Yeah. So it was the beginning of 2021. Um, my business was at multiple seven figures, profiting a lot. Uh, clients were getting great results. Uh, had a team of 20. 
Um, and on the outside, everything looked great. Um, but I was constantly stressed um, and wasn't lit up by what we were actually selling, um, where we were teaching coaches how to grow their businesses. Um, and it turned into this feeling where it was just like an MLM scheme, where it was coaches, coaching coaches, coaching coaches. And looking back, I think that's what really burnt me out was like, I wasn't lit up by that. Um, it started out great, but towards, towards the end, I was just stressed. So beginning of 2021, I, um, I broke up with my girlfriend because I was so stressed. Girlfriend, two years. Had wow. a falling out with my best friend uh, who I'd been best friends with for three years. Um, and then I got in a car accident, woke up in the hospital. Um, and I was like, wow, this is all happening because of me. Um, I need to reduce complexity and reduce stress in my life so I can like just feel like myself again. Um, so I flew back out to Encinitas, California, my favorite place in the whole world, um, and spent two months of just working on selling my business. And I didn't okay. sleep for those two months. Um, I would have like two hours, three hours of sleep, but wake up a nervous wreck. Um, wow. So you just couldn't sleep. It's what yeah. it sounded like. My nervous system was so out of whack. So I, um, wow. I ended up selling to Michael Chu in those two months. There were six people that were interested and Michael Chu was the best, best one. Um, so I sold to him and I told him like, yo, I'll only take a one month independent contractor agreement to help with the transition. That's all I can do. Like my main thing is my health and my energy right now. Uh, and he was amazing. He was like, yes, do it. Awesome. Um, so after that one month, uh, I was like, I, I had been to a Buddhist monastery before. So I wanted to go back to a Buddhist monastery because I know how much that helped. Um, I've, I've gone twice for two weeks each. Um, incredible. Uh, it's called Deer Park Monastery in Escondido. Uh, just okay. Place. Um, and then uh, that wasn't open. The monasteries weren't open because of COVID, but I found an ashram. Ashram, that, right? In, yeah. In New York? Yeah, in upstate New York called Shivananda Ashram, which is run by yogis um, instead of monks. Uh, I'm curious. Hold on. I'm curious. I, 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 I want to know your, what your thinking is around this. It's like, it's not that much, you know, entrepreneurs and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go be at an ashram. And it's just, you know, so what, what made you want to go in that route as opposed to the fact that you are, I mean, other than the fact that you already been. So I'm guessing where in your life had you looking into these spiritual concepts? Because I've studied Buddhism, um, you know, and I like practice it for a while. And, but of course it's something I didn't like live my life by of course but it was like a big thing for me at a point and so I love a lot of the concepts I'm curious as to like where in your life did that spiritual journey begin yeah I can't pinpoint a singular moment but I think it was from my my dad was a philosophy major in college so oh, okay he loves mixing the different religions and picking out like what's best and that sort of stuff. So I got a little taste of Buddhism and, and that sort of stuff growing up. Not that much. Okay. Um, but then I read the power of now in college uh, with Eckhart Tolle and started meditating like just sporadically. And I knew how helpful that was into like tuning into myself and what I actually wanted in the moment, because I could finally be uh, the observer of my thoughts instead of attaching myself to my thoughts. Um, 
so then it just compiled over time where I started doing more meditation. I started um, uh, just, uh, I, oh, this is it. I had a, I had a friend, J.R. Revis, who invited me to Deer Park Monastery the first time. Okay. So that, that was a big pinnacle moment to going to a monastery for the first time. Uh, I can imagine. I can imagine. All right. So you were in this ashram and how long were you in this ashram for in New York? I was there for a month. So I did a karma yoga program, which is where you help out on the land and that sort of stuff. So I did was meditate, did yoga, ate vegan, uh, actually got to work with my hands instead of behind the computer. Uh, which wow, was, I can imagine that was a difference. It was amazing. And uh, through the month, my nervous system finally came back online. I started what do you mean? Reflecting. I was about to ask you, because I saw that you said that in a video. You said my nervous system came back online. What, what do you mean by that? Can you expand on that? So I had this feeling where it was just like constant anxiety, constant like feeling of shakiness inside of mm -hmm. my body. And that's what I mean by my nervous system being offline. Um, so um, being online, more centered, more grounded, more being aware of my thoughts and not attaching myself to them, uh, and just like fully feeling like myself again. Mm, I got you. So within that time you felt, so you said the things you did was eat vegan yoga, meditate, work with your hands and. That was basically, basically it. And you found yourself feeling more connected with yourself again. Yeah, it was, it, it was just the silence, like mm. to get back into ourselves. Like the most helpful thing is being with ourselves. Especially uh, the contrast with the life of an entrepreneur, like mm -hmm. a successful entrepreneur, like the contrast in between those two lifestyles. You mm -hmm. can imagine that um, was a really interesting experience. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you said I liked a lot was being connected. Actually, I, I, I wanted to make sure I, I don't like butcher what you said, but it was the basis of everything is the connection to ourselves because it sounded like you were just saying, hinting here um, that, you know, you were able to get back online, get back and connected with yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you say the basis of everything is our connection to ourselves, uh, can you elaborate? Because I'd like to know what that. What, what you mean by that? Um, I think the biggest thing is when we are connected to ourselves and we are aware of our thoughts and we're aware of our energy, we know what we want moment to moment. And I think that's the, the meaning of life, actually knowing what we want coming from a heart-centered place um, and knowing what we want moment to moment and taking the action on that. Um, and a lot of times, and like when, when I was younger, um, and especially when I was depressed, my brain was using me. I wasn't using my brain. Um, mm. my, brain my brain is just a tool to get me to where I want to go. My heart tells me where I want to go. And uh, if my brain is using me, I'm not going to be able to listen to my heart. But if I'm using my brain, I'm going to be able to be more in the moment and listen to my heart and know what I want moment to moment. Mm, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. And you said, and, and I know you have, so I want to ask you this question in terms of like, what are some things we can do to be connected? Because I was, you know, going through some of your content and I saw you have something called the connection triangle. Mm -hmm. So can you expand on what the connection triangle is and how we can actually use that in our life to be more connected with ourselves? Yeah. So I, I find that there are three different types of connection. So there's connection to self, connection to others, and connection to purpose. 
Um, and connection to ourself comes down to our mindset and our energy um, and knowing what those things actually mean. Um, then connection to others are relationships and I have a bunch of different categories of what those relationships actually look like. Um, and then finances, because finances are just an exchange of energy or value amongst people. Um, and then connection to purpose is what actually brings fulfillment in our lives, not just success. What we're actually looking for is fulfillment, like feeling like we have a purpose on this earth and actually feeling that purpose inside of our body. Mm, okay. So what you said when you, you said um, knowing what mindset and energy actually mean, what is, um, can you, in your own words, how would you define mindset? And uh, yeah, how would you define that? And I'd also love for you to break down some of these areas of relationships, if you don't mind me asking too. Absolutely. Um, so we have a free course on mindset. It goes over the different categories and kind of a high level overview of like how to actually start putting these things and defining these things in your life. Mm. Um, but over the past year, um, I've gone, and by the way, guys, we're going to give you access to that at the end of this, just so you, yeah, that, that mindset course is what you're going to get, what, uh, is what we're going to give them access to. Right. Yep. Yeah, All right. Lovely. So there you go. I'm gonna throw that little teaser in there. Go ahead. Continue. Thank you. Um, over the past year, I've, uh, discovered my values, discovered my vision, discovered my beliefs, discovered, uh, the skill sets I need to go from where I'm at to where I actually want to go. Um, and I find those are the core components of mindset. Um, so awesome. my top five lifestyle values, and I break down values in three different categories, but my top five lifestyle values are community connection, uh, philosophizing, travel, and family. Um, I didn't know philosophizing was a top value of mine. I know when you said, when you said philosophizing, I was like, that's an interesting value to have. Yeah. Yeah. What did you mean when you said you didn't understand it was a value of yours? Um, one thing is our values change over time. And in, this, I agree there. in my life, it's definitely thinking deeply about subjects and looking at society in a different way, um, in a way for uh, us to grow and mature as a society. So that's what I'm constantly thinking about um, is, okay, cool. This is what society is now. What can it look like in the future? What laws actually run society and the universe as a whole? Um, and how can I learn more about, uh, about these laws and like what's actually happening to, um, uh, to create a new set of laws or new set of frameworks to allow uh, my, my purpose on earth is to help people mature in love and consciousness. Um, I discovered that over the past year. So that's what I'm always thinking about. Like, how can I first mature in love and consciousness? And then how can I help others mature in love and consciousness? Mm, okay. And how did you find your purpose? If you don't mind me asking, you said you discovered that over the last year. Was that um, something like, was that like a moment for you? Was it a set of events that just started kind of showing things to you? What, what was that looking like? Um, so it happened over time. And I think our purpose can change because we're never the same person moment to moment. Um, <clears throat> so it was just asking myself constantly, why am I on this earth? Why am I on this earth? Why am I on this earth? And then, uh, things have come to me, uh, from, uh, from just like going on walks, meditating, like being with myself instead of my brain, just constantly going, going, going. Yeah. Okay. So just consistently asking yourself the question now, how did you know you found it though? It felt, felt. right in my body. 
yeah it wasn't like an into it wasn't like an intellectual thing it was more of oh whoa that's it um and one thing that i really subscribe to uh like my theory on life that i subscribe to is the egg theory it's a little crooked egg but i drew okay wait are those are those tattoos yeah yeah oh okay nice this is basically who i am as as a person okay Um, i'm sorry you gotta break that down man i I gotta like i want to see what that is about uh, all right so um the first one that i got was a smiley face um and i was driving from austin texas to uh miami where i was at um and i was kind of in a low mood and i was driving through alabama and i looked up at a water tower tower that had a really simple smiley face on it and it made me smile and then i felt better i was like cool let me just smile more and i'll feel better because it releases when we smile it releases dopamine and, and yeah. a bunch of all, uh, other happy neurotransmitters so why don't i do that boy um and uh there's also this thing called a duchenne smile which is smiling with the eyes that's supposed to be the perfect smile if you want to look into that look it up on youtube um with the eyes yeah so like the wrinkles around the eyes and the more we can really like nail that in it releases the most amount of like happy neurotransmitters Mm, so interesting yeah so then um the i got these three when i was in guatemala so this is for one love. I believe everything outside of us is just love. It's our brain that interprets things as like bad or fear or that sort of stuff. But everything right, outside please. of us, just love. So one love. Um, then uh, the egg theory was a short story written by Andy Weir. There's also a video on YouTube around it. Um, and it's basically the meaning of life uh, and what life is actually about. And I think everybody should have a life philosophy of like, why are, why is humanity on this earth? You know? Um, so that's why I subscribe to the most, which is basically the meaning of life is to mature in love and consciousness. Um, and that we are all just one being. Um, and if I victimize somebody, I'm victimizing myself. Um, if I'm, uh, doing an act of kindness to somebody, I'm doing an act of kindness to myself. Um, and it's just really allowed me to tap into like just more love and consciousness and growing that way. Um, and then this is the sign for breath. So I'm a breathwork facilitator. Um, and okay. Uh, yeah. I've been doing breathwork for about five years. I've been facilitating it for about eight months. Um, and I find breath to be the key to being in the moment uh, and being more in tune with life. Um, so I meditate every day. I do breath work every day. Um, I help other people do, uh, holotropic breath work sessions. Um, and then there's so many different types of breath. Um, and if more people knew the different types of breath, uh, then they would be more tapped into who they are. Um, so if, if you want to learn more about that, highly recommend checking out, uh, Sam Skelly. She is amazing with breath work. Sam uh, Skelly. Yeah, and I'm actually a part of her program right now to uh, uh, better my skill set with breath work and be a better facilitator. Oh, oh okay. Um, but like three types of breath work that uh, I highly recommend is holotropic breathing, um, which is a uh, it's like a trauma release. Um, it's very very healing, um, and it can be very very intense. You can actually experience a, a DMT trip while you're oh. doing holotropic breathing. 
Um, and it's Sounds also fun. called DMT breathing. So it's intense. So, so it's actually called DMT breathing too. Yeah, it's got, oh. got that name. So then uh, Wim Hof breathing, which is what most people have heard about. Yeah. Um, that is super powerful. And then breath of fire. So with uh, holotropic breathing and with Wim Hof, when we're done with it, we actually have very little cortisol and a lot of serotonin in our body, making us feel really, really relaxed. Because when we're breathing with the when we're breathing with the belly, we release a lot of serotonin. So then, oh. yeah, and then with breath of fire, it's more snapping in the belly and just out the mouth. So I do that when I'm, when I have a big work day where I want to be more present and in the moment, but also I want that cortisol to drive me and stay active and work. Um, so different types of breath can provide different types of hormones and neurotransmitters in our brain based on how we're doing it. So. What other tools are you using to keep your, cause I also hear you talk about the energy onion. Mm -hmm. right? And this energy onion of we have our physical energy, mental, emotional, and spiritual, correct? Yeah, you did your homework. I try, man, I try. <laughs> so I'm curious as to what, what, number one, what's the like, what's the basis of why you teach the energy onion and why you teach it the way you teach it? So let's start there. Like, what's the basis of why you do it? And then we can dive into some of the things that we can do in these areas of our life, or maybe even share just some of the things you're doing in those areas of your life. Yeah, great question. So I feel like with mindset and the brain and all of that, it's overly focused on that everything happens in the brain, which is bullshit. Like it starts Very. with the body and it starts with how we feel. So if we know the four different types of energy and know how to tap into those, our thoughts will be so much better. We'll feel so much better. Um, so that's why energy is so important is it actually drives like how our brain is actually- like the cause and effect. You're living on the cause side of things rather than the effect side of things. Exactly. And like Tony Robbins constantly talks about state. What he's actually talking about is your energetic body and getting to a prime state with your energetic body. So that's why mm. I call it energy. So then the four different types of energy that we have within ourselves are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Um, and the very, I call it an onion because when you peel back the layers and elevate your energies in the categories of uh, physical, mental, and emotional, then you get to the core, which is spiritual, which is being in touch with everything around you and being in touch with yourself at the same time. So, oh. so it kind of goes with like my own journey where, uh, I was super depressed until I set that, uh, I set that goal to lose 20 pounds. And when I was exercising well, eating well, I was tapping into my physical energy. And when I was tapping into my physical energy, I had more mental energy. I could process things better. Uh, in my mind, I could focus better. And then when I was able to process things better in my mind and I was able to focus better, I had more emotional capacity to process these undesired emotions and then uh, fill it with desired emotions. Mm. So then the more I've done that over time, the more I've been tapped into my spiritual energy. Like over the past eight months, I've felt very much in a flow state of just like things have just kind of freaking happened and I have no explanation for it. And it just kind of happens because I've been tapping into these energies. That's why it's so powerful. Mm. 
So with physical energy, good nutrition, exercise, that sort of stuff, taking care of our physical body, uh, mental energy, um, ramping up our mental RPMs. So focusing on things that we really, really enjoy, reading about it, um, putting uh, action into it, and putting that mental effort into those things, but also taking the time to meditate and focus your energy to where the mental energy to where it wants to go. Okay, and so then, you're saying, wait, one more time, on the mental part, uh, clarification question. Uh, you're saying uh, focusing on more of the things that actually like make you feel good, things that you actually want, but putting action into them too. Like in other I mean, words, like, mo- like just getting... Uh, so it sounds like what you're saying to me is um, getting more involved with what just naturally lights you up. So the next step is a lot easier, right? Yeah. Okay. It, it's so much easier to do things in our life when we're doing things that we actually want to do. Dude, yes. Right now I'm doing market research and I've been doing, and when I say market research, like I'm talking to actual people on the phone and hearing their problems and I will go for like, you know, four hours straight, but I've realized after the past four hours, I talked to somebody, but I'm so excited because of the problem I'm solving. Right. And so like, I get what you, it's like, oh my God, just, I actually like market research now, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's much like all of these categories is like going to the gym. Like for each energy, we have to stress that energy to make it stronger. It's like, so when we go to the gym, um, like our muscles aren't actually growing at the gym. They're growing when we're sleeping, when we're recovering, when we're sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Mm -hmm. Like same thing with our mental energy. Like we're putting it to the test, ramping up our mental RPMs. And like that's intense work, focused work, that sort of stuff. And then our brain gets tired. Like let's listen to our brain when it gets tired so it can recover and create those new neural pathways. Um, I like that. Listen to your brain when it's tired. I can use that sometimes. Yeah. And um, then just strengthening these energies by testing them and then releasing them. Um, So after hitting the gym, sometimes just lying down and just being with your body and letting it recover right after that is the best thing to do. Um, And then, so we talked about uh, physical, mental, and then emotional, um, which is uh, actually knowing what emotions are in the body and processing them. And I do somatic therapy. um, So I have somatic therapists um, that I talk to regularly. And she helps me identify what I'm feeling in my body and allows me to, she holds space to allow me to process it. And the more we process our emotions, the less they have control over us. Hmm. So can I I ask you, what does that processing looks like? Yeah. So I highly recommend. I can imagine it's different a lot of the times, maybe, I don't know, but what is it for you? So I highly recommend uh, somatic therapy. I went to talk therapy for six years and nothing has helped me as much as somatic. Yeah, we've had a, we've actually had a, uh, well, she's not a somatic therapist, but somatic therapy is a big, like, kind of part of what she does. I think it was just like the interview right before you. So um, that work is, we were at Michael Chu's event, we did some somatic therapy and dude, I never in my life shook and cried so much. It, and I felt so good afterwards. Um, yeah, I felt so great afterwards. So I do highly recommend that as well. But yeah, what does that processing look like for you? Yeah, there are a bunch of different types, but the key components are uh, breathing, being present and aware with our body, where we're feeling a certain emotion, 
and sitting with that emotion and allowing it to process. Um, because we get this built up emotional body of just like undesired emotions when we don't actually sit with it and allow it to process through our body. And then we wonder why we're like, like, how, how do I feel this line? way? I've yeah. been ignoring my feelings this whole fucking time. I was that <laughs> way for six years. I was just ignoring my emotions. So, mm. yeah. yeah. And I feel like one of the biggest mistakes, and you could probably attest to this too. Um, like, I feel like one of the biggest mistakes in entrepreneurship is ignoring your feelings. I mean, like, a, I saw a, a uh, freaking post yesterday, like, somebody shared it and it said, um, train your mind to um, ignore your feelings and to like just don't bring your feelings into what you're doing when you're working when you're I'm just like no matter where you go you're always feeling no mm. matter where you're going you're always feeling that kind of advice is what causes so much people to experience what you were experiencing for such a long time mm-hmm. right so okay so so you do somatic therapy um, and so it sounds like breath work in, in itself is a way to actually process emotion just do a simple uh, is there any specific breathwork techniques other than the ones you've shared that you use to process emotions or is that what you've already shared so far yeah those three types are the main ones i, okay. that I do so holotropic breathing i do that about once a month um then with uh wim hof i do it one to two times per week and then uh with breath of fire i do it every single day usually it's okay. four or five times per day Whenever I get too stressed, like when I get too heady, um, I do breath of fire and it gets me back into my body and I still have that cortisol to help me with work. Mm, getting, getting out of the head into the body. I yeah. love that. I yeah. love that. All right. And then last was spiritual. So yeah. what's, what's that looking like? So spiritual is just tapping into those three energies. And then the last thing that I do is um, visualization. There's a really good app called Envision. Um, so I do 10 minutes of visualization every single day. Um, and the more I'm tapped into the other energies, the better I am at actually visualizing my future. And then like we attract or uh, we get what we are, not what we want. So um, when we're in that state of being tapped into the other energies and visualizing it in that state and actually feeling it to its max capacity, we start to vibrate on a little different level. We start to attract those things into our life and life becomes way more flowy and way less forceful. It's really powerful. Mm, yeah. It's like uh, that mo- that book, um, The Surrender Experiment. I heard yeah, you mention Michael that. I heard, yeah, yeah, I heard you mention that book. That book. I've read it maybe like four times. Just a, in, this just storyline of that book is insanely good. That's a, that's a very good storyline. Yeah, so if you've not read that book, I recommend it. Um, now, this is a question I'm really interested in, and I would say, what are some of the biggest differences in the way you think and look at the way you think about and look at business now compared mm-hmm. to 2017 when you started? And I'm not asking what things would you have done different, because I can imagine you probably wouldn't have because it's where it led you here, right? But I'm curious, as to how, what are, how do you think about business differently than you used to good question um so i used to think that i needed to do everything in my business i was a solo entrepreneur for a year and a half didn't feel good about letting up sales calls or anything like that oh yeah so i realized looking back now i was shooting myself in the foot with that um and the way i look at business now is <laughs> it's gonna sound interesting 
it's about heart brain coherence throughout uh, a business. And what I mean by that, Oh yes. Okay. Go that, ahead. Uh, that the CEO, the founder, the person at the top um, is meant to be the heartbeat of an organization. So setting the vision, setting the values, setting the purpose and ingraining that into the team. Then the leadership team is responsible for being the brain. So interpreting that heartbeat and telling the hands or the employees or the other team members that are actually putting in the work what to do. So I look at it as like an actual person, person at the top wow. is the heartbeat. Interesting. The leadership team or the executive team is the brain. And then the employees or the, the other team members are the hands. So when we have the heart, brain, hands all in the line, that's when we're actually making a big difference. And actually that's how a business works. Mm, okay. Anything else in terms of the way you see things differently in business? Um, systems and team setting that foundation and not having to put out fires like every single day, every single day. Yeah. Like, you can, to, you can get addicted to becoming a firefighter real quick. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh, like the very first system is your vision system. So how are you actually setting up? And what I recommend is a three-year vision. Um, there's a really good book uh, called Vivid Vision. Um, is that uh, by, uh, oh, hold on, wait, don't send me the name. Uh, Cameron, is that Cameron Harold? Harold yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. He's, he, I actually want to get him on the, I'm, I actually want to get him on the podcast and dive into that entire book, but the easy read. It's a good book. I like it. Yeah. Um, really good book for vision, uh, setting the values of your organization, like super important starting there. Um, and then building the departments around that and building the systems around that. So being marketing sales, delivery, operations, finances, hiring, so on and so forth. Mm, got you. Now, this is an interesting question. One of my last questions for you as we close upon this hour is, you know, you, I can imagine you understand the significance of beliefs, right? And um, we all know that, you know, we're going to behave the exact, we're going to always do what we believe, in other words, right? We're always kind of going to behave in a way that we think. So, what beliefs would you say you have adopted on your entire entrepreneur journey and spiritual journey, especially over the last you know year and stuff, whenever you went traveling and all of that? What are some of the beliefs that you wish you would have started entrepreneurship with? Hmm. Yeah. So the very first one is I'm master of my fate and captain of my soul. That's my core belief. Um, then the other one is, uh, I am a, I'm an antenna and vehicle for love and truth. Um, and that allows me to be more flowy and less overthinking things and allow myself just come from a place of love. And then also I have a whole nother thing about this. Um, this kind of shows how much I love philosophizing. I don't think we can actually know truth as human beings. So, uh, our brain is just like, it, 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 it can't actually like know the truth we can feel the truth um when we see it or when we when we hear it or so on and so forth but uh us like actually saying the truth is actually impossible because our brain is interpreting it and it's all brains are biased um whenever anybody says uh this is the truth i know the truth i'm like that's your belief and like i can feel it's close to the truth or i can feel that's actually fucking bullshit yeah, <laughs> uh, because, uh, because we can't actually know truth as human beings. 
Uh, we can um, feel it. We can feel like close to it, but we can't actually say it. Um, dude, so it's always just God, all I'm saying is we would have the dopest conversation on exactly what you just said. Because there's this, so, uh, you know, I'm not a religious guy, but I, I love a lot of the things Jesus talks about. And he had, uh, there's, there's all these gospels um, that were not really put in the Bible. And one of them is the gospel of Philip. So I was reading through that gospel and he says something very interesting. He goes, um, you know, uh, all words are, all words turn man away from truth. Mm -hmm. And the man who's actually walked into like the kingdom, who's actually been inside of the temple, he keeps silent. And mm -hmm. the man who talks about being in the temple has, has never really entered the temple because, because so when, you, when you enter the temple, you know, to keep silent, you know, yeah. it's just like, there's no need to like speak. And just like Jesus asked Thomas, you know, like what, what truth did you just hear me say? And Thomas was like, I cannot utter who you, what you are, because I just cannot utter that. And I was like, oh God. So like, I love all of that. I even wrote an entire essay because I'm a writer. I even wrote an entire essay called No Words. Um, and it's all about not using words, <laughs> but it's written in words. It's hilarious. But anyways, um, okay. So my last, one of my last questions for you Wait, is- I have I, one thing when you're, when you're talking came up. Ahead, um, I think the most important belief um, for anyone is life isn't short. It's the longest thing we've ever done. And it's the longest Always thing we've ever done. Always agreed to that. Yes. Like the more I've tapped into that, the less stress I've been, the more I've been in the moment, the less I've been like, oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z. I need to do X, Y, and Z because life is uh... short. And it's like, no, life is long. Like it's okay that like, I don't feel okay right now because life is long and I'll, I'll, I'll feel better like down the line instead I like of like that. No urgency. Like there's like, in terms of like living in urgency all the time. Yeah. And have you read that book? Uh, no, go ahead. I can tell you about to say something. Oh my God. So this is, this is my mission. Ahead, uh, for We're good on time, by the way, as long as you're good on time, I'm good. So this is my mission for the world for society is for society to move from a fear-based state to a love-based state. So we were talking about feelings and what feelings actually are if, on just a core component level is like, it's our mixture of our hormones and our neurotransmitters. It's just chemicals. So what's putting us in a stressed or fear-based state? Uh, it's cortisol and epinephrine. What causes that? <laughs> Loud noises, boom, a little bit more stressed in our body. That can happen. Um, so you just released uh, cortisol and epinephrine from hearing that loud noise. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's um, why, that's why you get upset when somebody like screams in your ears. Hey, motherfucker, like, damn, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So you don't want to do that to other people. And I'm exactly. sorry that did it to you guys. Um, what we want to do is move towards more of a love-based state being uh, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. So how do we do that? Well, we focus on ourselves first to build that up. You can release a lot of serotonin through breath work. You can release a lot of endorphins through working out. You can in release a lot of dopamine and oxytocin from being around people that you love and sharing stories. We're just constantly releasing neurotransmitters within ourselves and other people constantly. And that's what makes us feel the way we feel. Mm. Uh, so helping people actually identify how to move from a fear-based state to a love-based state for themselves and how to actually put other people in a love-based state. And mm. it's really fucking cool. 
because you can help other people uh, move to more of a love-based state by uh, doing storytelling and talking with people. You literally release neurotransmitters in other people based on what you're talking about. So, awesome. so if you want to release dopamine between the two of us, um, it's storytelling. So we've been releasing dopamine this whole time uh, because yeah. dop dopamine is the pursuit of pleasure molecule. It's not actually the pleasure molecule. So when we're storytelling, we're like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Uh, yeah. oh, dopamine release. And then you can also release a lot more dopamine by pausing. So it made you more focused, more- I was about to say, like, I was about to say, did, did everything just like pause for a second? Yeah, so you're like, what's going on? What's going on? Dopamine release. Huh. And then uh, from, you can help release oxytocin, which is the bonding molecule, making people feel closer together uh -huh. by uh, stories of empathy. So like me talking about the story of how I was depressed for six years, you, you felt closer to me mm. uh, because you could put yourself in your shoes in the time that you felt bad and then you feel more bonded. And then also endorphins, endorphins are released through, um, through funny stories. So when we were joking, when we were messing around, that sort of stuff, when we were laughing, that is when we release endorphins. So when we release those three chemicals, we feel so much more connected to one another. And also uh, we just feel better and we're more of a love-based state together. Dude, now you got me thinking of like rewriting my entire last speech. Because I, I, I have a talk coming up. So I'm just like, I, I know I have like some really emotional stories, but like those funny ones too. I'm like, oh man, I got to go pull those out somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a storyteller by like heart, dude. Like it's just like, it's like, Storytelling is my jam. Um, but thank you so much for breaking that down. That was great. What did you, what did you like learn? Like, was there something like a book in particular that kind of broke that down for you or something? So uh, I believe his name is David J.P. Phillips. He's one of the best. Uh, I'll need to look that up. But he's one of the best um, uh, public speakers. And he's a public speaking coach. And he okay. dives deep into uh, neurotransmitters, how to release and that sort of stuff. And then also I was a psychology major in college. So I am obsessed with neurotransmitters and hormones and how that actually makes us work. Mm, interesting. Stuff. Interesting. I love that. I love that, man. This has been an awesome talk. Like I felt like just like, this has been like, I love how it's like, um, how just like, uh, how not, you're not heavily focused. I, mean, I understand tactics and, tactics and strategies are a big thing, but I love how you see business as a part of like, well, first and foremost, is it coming from a connected place? Imagine how many people build businesses out of fear. Mm -hmm. And imagine how many businesses come out of that as opposed mm -hmm. to building a business out of love. And yeah. Um, yeah, beautiful stuff. So I'm curious, what are the top three books that have changed your life? Because yeah, I'm self, that's a selfish question. I would like to know. How much time do we have? Dude, we, we're good, bro. We're good. I, I do have like another 15 minutes. Yeah. I have some, I, I have a story around one book. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. You're, yeah. Go ahead. My uh, number one book is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, I've just, I don't know why I've never gotten around to that book. All right. Get it on Audible and fall asleep to it. I've, I've now read it over 35 times and it is soaked into my subconscious hard fucking core. Uh, that's how I am with uh, the science of getting rich. I can't even count how much times I've read that book, but it's like so a two good. hour book too. Yeah. Um, then the second one would be the great work of your life by Stephen Cope. 
taught me all about Dharma and our own personal path and that sort of stuff. Um, and then number three, God, those are my top two. I'll give you a business book. Um, yeah, the best yeah. business book I've ever read is uh, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. That book talks all about thinking time instead of like tactics and strategies. No, it's about thinking time. It's actually like pondering questions and doing what's best for your business instead of like stealing a strategy and putting it out there. So mm, exactly. I love that. And what are you excited? What are you working on right now that you're excited about, man? I know, I know you really started, um, like, you know, building a business from a real conscious place now. Right. So what is this new business you're doing? Um, what, what, what is it about it that has you so excited and has you, uh, up all night, like you're talking about, right? So yeah, what's going on right now? So our core holding company is, uh, the reprogramming project. So I saw that on the email that you gave me, I was like, <laughs> okay so that's okay it comes down to a very basic philosophy that we're all doing our best with our current programming so if we can help people reprogram their mindset and their energy and develop better relationships and finances and connect to their purpose this life or this world becomes a better place so it's about repro helping people reprogram themselves and not being like, it's the first like non-cult business where it's like, here are the models and you figure out who you are. Like we're not oh, installing okay. anything. So it's not like this is, you're going to come do my way and yeah. find my way and like, okay, interesting. Yeah. So very much here are the frameworks and then you dive into yourself and actually like identify who you are. Mm. Um, so that's our core holding company. Uh, we, uh, we launched a brotherhood because community is so important to me. And I think if everybody just had a community to hold them accountable, to talk about different values, different beliefs, learn different skill sets from one another, this world becomes a better place. So we launched uh, the Masters of Fate Brotherhood um, four months ago. Um, we have 42 guys in there right now, ranging from six-figure to eight-figure entrepreneurs. Um, and uh, we have two events per year. Um, we have weekly calls, all of that stuff, and just a rocking community. And they're always jamming out back and forth. So uh, Masters of Fate, um, where I'm hiring a female CEO at the end of the year to uh, start the sisterhood. Interesting. So, uh, interesting. We're doing both sides and then we might start like a dating thing or have events with men and women. So we're yeah, still it could be yeah, a lot of there's a lot of uh, creative ideas sitting there. Yeah, as, especially as these guys and these women um, develop and understand themselves better, better with their values, their vision, their beliefs, their skill sets that they have, that sort of stuff. Then we could create a dating app based on those things and actually connect people Holy on that. Yeah, so we've been thinking about that. Um, idea. Yeah, so we have those two businesses, and then we have the reprogramming project for businesses. So we just uh, we just launched that. That's helping businesses reprogram their vision, their values, their purpose, but then also um, uh, developing the systems around that. So one thing that I've been developing this this app for a long, about six months now where it's basically your whole entire business in one app. Um, and it aligns your team towards your three-year vision and sets up goals and all that stuff. So- Are you a tech what, guy or you just know people in that space who, who know how to do all of that? I'm an Airtable guy. 
So I'm uh, building everything on Airtable first. Um, and then we're moving it to a custom application. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm actually doing something in the tech. I'm like diving into the tech space and like, I just like have somebody who like really knows what he's doing. Cause I'm like, dude, I don't know what the hell <laughs> I'm doing in this space at all. Um, interesting. So how can, how can, well, well, one thing actually is I know, um, well, I know about this brotherhood that you got going. So tell us a little bit more about why, about like what it's for, and like who it's for and why they'd want to like look into that and then how they can learn more about um, diving into that with you. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so it's for mostly entrepreneurial men that are looking to uh, grow in their mindset, energy, relationships, and finances and connect to their purpose. Um, so that's broken down the whole model. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's a year, year long, two events, um, uh, weekly calls, all that good stuff and just an awesome, awesome community. Plus we have accountability squads. So we put you in smaller groups to hold each other accountable and all of that. And uh, we just launched the forward facing app for the guys where it breaks down, you identify your beliefs, you identify your value, you identify your vision, you identify the skill sets that you need to get there. Mm. And it's all in one custom app and it's forward facing and you can edit it at any time. So if you're beliefs change change those if your values change you change those and the more we review our beliefs our values our skill sets that we're looking to develop then we actually become those things we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught so it's a custom app to be reminded of constantly yeah that's a that's genius and plus you're consistently focused on it like you said you will become that yeah. I like that a lot. Damn, that's nice. That's, that's nice. So, what if, so if somebody wants to learn about it, how can they um, get, how can they contact you, or is there like a, a you know a page that they can go visit or anything like that? Yeah, hit me up on Facebook um, if you're interested. Also, I'll provide you the the link um, to. Yeah, this. I was just about to say. So I know I know you have a course, and this is a good way they can get into your world, and then I'm sure they can just start following you through there as well. So what is this uh, what is this course about, and how can they access that? So the mindset course goes over the mindset triangle. So being your values, your beliefs, your, your vision, your skill sets. And then also when we identify those things, we're constantly interacting with mirrors in our life, things that are reflecting back to us who we are in every second. So if we stick to our values, our beliefs, our skill sets, and our vision, that when we're interacting with those mirrors, those things become stronger. If we go against one of our values or one of our beliefs in every single moment, those things get weaker. And then at the very top of the triangle, it's your new being. You're a new person once you hold those things strong and keep working on them. So that's a mindset triangle in a nutshell. And the course goes deeper into that. Okay. And where can, where can they go to get that course? I'll send you over the okay, link. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Send yeah. me over. Okay. Yeah. So he's going to send me over a link. Just look in the show notes. You'll see you can get direct access to that course. By the way, I just want to say I love how you say everything is a mirror because I held an episode a couple of weeks ago talking about how, um, you know, our thoughts are literally electromagnetic energies, units of energy and our feelings are units of electromagnetic energy as well. And the universe is electromagnetic energy. And it's like, yo, the world is a project. It's a reflection of your own proje- or of your own perception, you know, and um, so I just love when you said that because I like really I was like, yo, it's like so yeah, y'all guys already see him talking about that. So uh, beautiful, beautiful. All right, man, this has been absolutely amazing. And so the question that I leave everybody with, and it's a loaded question, I know it is. 
if you had 30 or 60 seconds left to give one last message to the world, megaphone to the entire universe, what would that be? Mm. Know who you are, know who you want to become and develop the values, beliefs, and skill sets to get there. 